Hello and welcome to Knowledge Engaged, the podcast of the University of Nottingham's Institute for Policy and Engagement. The Knowledge Engaged podcast is an opportunity to explore with our researchers the work they're doing and the difference it's making. I'm Stephen Meek, Director of the Institute, and I'm delighted to welcome Professor Paul Crawford. Paul is Professor in Health Humanities here at the University of Nottingham and is regarded as the founding father of health humanities as a field for research. Paul, hello. Hi, good morning, Stephen. So before we talk about the What's Up With Everyone campaign, I just wanted to ask you, what is health humanities? How would you explain health humanities to a newcomer to the area? Okay, so most people will be familiar with the arts and humanities, and perhaps uh, they've considered the value of singing, dancing, visual arts, music and so on in, in our lives. What Health Humanities does is we're looking at advancing the evidence and understanding around the way that the arts and humanities can transform healthcare, health and well-being. Brilliant. And are there any sort of good examples of differences that thinking about health humanities as a discipline can make? Yes. So historically, people may consider medical humanities, and perhaps they've heard of that in relation to the training of doctors. What Health Humanities has done uh, since 2006 and is now a global uh, field with lots of research units is to look at the specifics of how any of the arts and humanities, from reading and writing to, you know, as I said, singing or dancing and so forth, how that may impact on our physical and mental health and how that may do so differently in in different conditions and and different contexts. So at the University of Nottingham, we've got a, a long history of working on many different aspects of mental health, for example, from eating disorders to dementia through to depression and so forth. And a recent study we did Um, funded by the Arts and Humanities Research Council, was into how the arts can help people recover their mental health through a a number of routes. And one of the things we we established was, for example, group drumming. Group drumming (laughs) is as good as anything on the market for depression. Brilliant. No, I wouldn't be surprised if for, you know, many of us who've been through, you know, the last year of lockdown of a very different environment, often a very constrained environment, that we've all kind of gone through a natural experiment in how important all those other aspects of our lives, uh, singing, spending time with other people, culture, actually plays to determine our well-being. I think it's been brought home so forcibly. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you you can think of, of culture as survival, Stephen, really. And I think the COVID has been a stress test on yeah. what are the mechanisms for mitigating prolonged confinement. With my son, Jamie, we wrote a, a book during lockdown called Cabin Fever, uh, Surviving Lockdown in the Coronavirus Pandemic. And one of the key antidotes that we found presenting that book is around Uh, creativity, the creative arts. There's a a very deep evidence base now for the value Mm. of the arts and humanities on human health. 
So we don't need to revisit that here today. But suffice to say that the future of health will probably be all about how formal health services, etc. We're, we're all familiar with how those things combine with the creative industries to have a, a more stereophonic approach to health in any country, to use the resources at hand, both from people who are trained in, in medicine and other, if you like, contributions to our health, to extend beyond that to the way that the arts and humanities uh, keep us all buoyant, keep us having purpose, entertain us, uh, relieve us, reduce our stress levels and so on and socialise us as well. Mm. So during the during the pandemic, I was a, a living example, Stephen, in, uh, in, in painting, writing, reading. Uh, I even had my own private disco in, in, in my kitchen with coloured lights to dance my way through the blues of lockdown. So there's Paul Crawford and Sophie Ellis-Bexter dancing Abs- away, dancing away through lockdown. It's unbelievable. And I'm just glad for my professorial status that there are no uh, videos uh, shared on YouTube of, of this event. That's fantastic. So I I might come back towards the end, actually, to reflections that I know you've had um, through the book Cabin Fever on on working from home. But if we can move now to the amazingly uh, sort of engaging campaign that you have led called What's Up With Everyone, um, which is trying to promote, I understand, young people's mental health literacy. I wonder if you could say a little bit about the campaign and, and, and how it came about. Yeah, so, well, for, for a start, the Arts and Humanities Research Council were keen to develop their connections with creative industries. And I've been pushing for a long time now for what, what I call creative public health, and that is bringing in the creative industries and uh, other resources alongside the medics to, to help people. So um, Ardman actually came to me because they'd heard about my work in health humanities. That is Ardman, the creators of Shaun the Sheep and Wallace and Gromit and so forth. Yeah, that's right. And and, and the wonderful morph. Yeah, so um, Ardman are iconic. And as people will be aware, they, they do great things with animal characters to, to let us into key things about our lives and human experience. And that's that's the case with what's up with everyone. So what we wanted to do from the start is um, to get some upstream resources to young people about mental health without going, if you like, on the hard hit of mental health, psychiatry, you know, particular conditions mm-hmm. and to assist the conversation, if you will. And rather than setting this up as a on a what I call expert to broken line, where the expert adults who, who are trained in, in mental health to tell the young people how to keep their minds healthy. From the start, we set up for young people to work on this project. So it was a project with young people for young people. And uh, with young people, we ended up with five short animations on key areas for young people, which is loneliness, competitiveness, perfectionism, social media and independence. And then we had a follow up conversation on the platform, what's up with everyone.com. That's fantastic. And so what I particularly like about the campaign is that it's got that 
you know, it's got that lovely engaging character. There's a kind of effortlessness about it. And yet it's underpinned by some quite powerful research. And it is also a tool for developing research, isn't it? I wonder if you could say a bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we know from, from the general literature that that those themes are, are mm-hmm. key to young people. And the young people themselves talked about these themes. Mm-hmm. And that's important that we're not introducing um, information that is, if you like, biased from an adult perspective. Yes. So that part of the research is important. And co-construction, co-design mm-hmm. with young people, with anyone for that matter, not just young people, is really the way to go. And we set up to look at the whole business of storytelling. In this case, it's storytelling in animation, but the, the core of animation and the work of Ardman is storytelling. And storytelling is at the heart of human life. It's also at the heart of the business of staying healthy, remaining healthy, and sharing ideas of how to be healthier and how to deal with life. So storytelling uh, is very much at the heart of the uh, the inquiry, but we also combine that with measures. So we looked at how a sample responded to the animations and how that impacted on their understandings and their view of mental health. And we found that young people have increased knowledge and attitudes improved attitudes towards mm-hmm. mental health through watching these and also increased willingness to seek help and also confidence to help others which is really important yeah no that's that's one and i think i mean that lesson of co-production in there you know not having the adults telling young people what they ought to be thinking but trying to do it in a language in a way and starting from where the young people are is so powerful. Um, I wonder if you could give us an idea of what the impact has been from it, because you you launched it a a couple of months ago, two or three months ago now, I think. Yeah, so um, depends what your take on impact is, but obviously, yeah, it started on the 8th of February, so we're about three months into the uh, communications campaign. So far, we're at about 7 million reach within three months. And uh, we've been joined by a wonderful array of celebrities and they've helped influencing on social media. People like Stephen Fry, people will be aware of Ovi Soko, uh, the basketball player and uh, media star, and many others, mm. you know, Johnny Benjamin and so on. And uh, we, you know, Ardman are top draw, shall we say, yeah. when it comes to when it comes to this type of engagement. And we are. You know, we, we have to hold our jaw, our lower jaw up during this period because it's something which is quite stunning the way mm-hmm. that a major creative industry like Ardman can actually get reach into the public. And this is not simply, you know, congratulatory. You know, look, it's COVID, it's pandemic time. We, we don't care about congratulations. What we want is, are we making a difference? And a mm. nine, a seven, I said a nine million reach, it will be a nine million reach soon, <laughs> but a seven million reach um, of a high quality um, piece of work with our young people. Uh, Dan Bins, the animation director for the piece, he, he only just lost out, I think, uh, last night in the Oscars with Farmageddon. Uh, Dan actually worked on Farmageddon and he's a fantastic animator, all round good guy, basically. So 
bad luck, Dan, but let, let's hope for next year that What's Up With Everyone gets gets a shout in the short section. Yeah, fantastic. And I mean, that, that reach so quickly is quite extraordinary because sometimes, regardless of the names behind it and Ardman, etc., if it isn't resonating with people, then people won't watch it. And it clearly has it has hit a nerve. Oh, absolutely, because it, it's done the what you might think of as the Ardman grammar, which is that Ardman are keen to anthropomorphize and uh, to to blend the human uh, with the obviously animal, as it were, and create something special. It's a kind of process of defamiliarization. It, it gets us to to look at real life again through a different and an unusual perspective. Mm. And typically of Ardman, they, they they didn't use actors for the spoken parts of the wonderful characters, but mm. these are the voices of our young people on the project, or five of them, you know. Yeah. And I think that adds a, an authenticity and uh, I guess underlines the ethos of this project, which is with young people, for young people. And instead of saying it, doing it. Yeah. And so timely as well. I mean, you mentioned the fact that, you know, in times of COVID, you want stuff that actually does something. Also wonderful timing that at a time where young people have been under an extraordinary amount of stress and have borne so much of the brunt of the pandemic Uh, the timing is very fortuitous there i think i think so i mean we know from you know research reports during covid the the big impact on everyone (laughs) or or you know vast numbers of people worldwide about over four billion have been in some form of lockdown for young people, that's disrupted a lot of things and not only disrupted the, the ecology of their homes and their relationships with their, their families, perhaps, but their connection with schools, with, with their education, mm. uh, their futures. Will there be any jobs for us when we finish our schooling and so forth? So it's been a tricky time. Anxiety has been raised. Depression has you know, clearly been advanced, unfortunately. And people have struggled with general irritability and, you know, disgruntlement and uh, feeling penned in, you know. So it's been a hard time. So what's up with everyone.com is is a a burst of light, a burst of colour, a bit of Aardman, a bit of Gromit in in a a new format. Yeah. Yeah. And so... If you you mentioned the website briefly, if people want to find out more about the campaign, where is it that they should go? It's just whatsupwitheveryone.com. It's as simple as that. And uh, or if you like Ardman YouTube channel, the What's Up With Everyone characters are there with Sean the Sheep and all the others. Uh, So we've we've made it into the the Ardman cabinet. And I know, Stephen, that word's particularly valuable to you. And I, I would like to thank the uh, you and the Institute for Policy Engagement for being so quick to, um, you know, put a lightning, right from, a, a lightning rod from this project to ministers and MPs. And, and many of them responded and uh, very positively. Yeah, no, well, thank Well, it was a, a tiny contribution, but, but thank you for that. Um, and we'll have links to those uh, to the YouTube channel and to the website in the notes um, to this podcast. I just finally would like to turn to your reflections in the book Cabin Fever and in a blog you recently put up on the Royal Society for Public Health website about about working from home and what that is going to mean, you know, for well people like people like you and me. 
Yeah, so this is a really interesting area. And when we were writing the book, we were surprised, actually, that there wasn't a great deal of of history about cabin fever and also the whole business of prolonged confinement, which the research from that was a lot of it was coming from space research for long duration space flight and from uh, prison life, penal contexts, mm. solitary confinements and so on. During this uh, this period of research, we were also living in this strange business of lockdown and for many people, there were quite diverse experiences of lockdown. There wasn't one experience. I mean, around the world, people have had different social distancing rules, different home environments. Uh, You know, I had calls with friends in London, for example, who were stuck in very small flats Mm -hmm. with no greenery, and they were really struggling with cabin fever. They were struggling with that. And the benefits or the mitigation of social media and, and going online and so on, That seems to be advantageous in some ways. We don't have to travel and commute. Perhaps we feel freer in our PJs. Perhaps we feel more, you know, we can be creative with our work in the home space. But that wasn't the case for many people. Many people struggled with noise levels, with having children around, with balancing the stress of that. Other people have overreached and probably worked most of their time at home instead of uh, being at home for some of the time. So my view is that organisations should be wary of buying into blue sky, you know, working from home for everyone is really good. And, you know, we can sell off our office space and perhaps there's more of a neoliberal uh, cast to it. What I would say is be careful what you wish for. A lot of my colleagues are already saying they want, you know, from a university point of view, want to be back on campus, Steve, and they want to meet people in 3D. They, they want to actually feel part of uh, life again and have those conversations you can't have on teams, uh, mm-hmm. the conversations to do with the micro expressions when you're together that lend themselves to engaging in projects and persuading one another of new creative opportunities, uh, which you can't quite do in the 2D teams thing. So to protect people's mental health, go hybrid maybe, Uh, Look at some of the positives of the sanctuary of the Mm. home and how the home can help uh, work as well. But don't lose the plot here and think that we can can all be satisfied in our cabins remotely corresponding. No, well, that's um, a lot of that rings very true with my experience. You know, the mix of the, the good things about it, but also, yeah. So, Paul, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been lovely to uh, to chat through with you too, Stephen. Thanks again. Thanks again to Paul, and thank you for listening to the Knowledge Engaged podcast. To find out more about Paul's What's Up With Everyone campaign, click on the link in the description. There's also a link to find out more about the Institute, upcoming events, blogs and podcasts.